Blog Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, your source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you very much. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about a topic, and I've been hearing a lot of you request that we discuss this on the radio show, private clients and otherwise. You guys are seeing a lot of flat fee commission cutting brokers enter back into the marketplace again. Nothing new, perfectly normal for those guys to be in the marketplace. And on today's radio show, we're going to give you four to five surefire ways to blow them out of the water so you never have to worry about losing a listing to a commission-cutting flat fee broker. And a lot of these things you're going to find not only work for overcoming uh, the seller's uh, consideration of listing with one of those guys, but also these ideas will be great for you to take normal listings even if they aren't considering a commission cutter. So before we get to today's topic, Julie, any interesting coaching stories from your schedule, from your, uh, from your world today? Well, yes, I'm seeing an interesting little phenomenon here and there. And I mentioned this maybe once before, but I'm seeing it especially along the coast, especially Florida and California, and a little bit in Vegas, and that is the exuberance and, um, shall we say, real desire for listing agents and their sellers to get absolutely top dollar on the ride up from on the real estate recovery. But... Some of them are pushing it a little bit too far and having appraisal problems. So they're tending to use the one best comp and ignoring the five or six other comps, and we're running into agents having to figure out what to do about cut appraisals. So that's always a balance between, you know, in the first place, price it so you're not so much on the edge, but they don't want to lose the listing by being the one that comes in lower. So we're doing a lot of pricing discussions and you know, this also points to another issue, which is making absolutely certain you're listing sellers who have to sell, not just want to sell. Because if they just want to sell and the appraisal comes in low, a lot of them are saying, well, I'll just keep the house. So that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's true, definitely. I'll tell you, Julie, I'm definitely seeing... It requires seeing, more skill. That's what it gets down to. You, go ahead. Well, well you brought up uh, the obvious issue with financing. And there's reports mm-hmm. now that are coming out that are, hey, guess what? Just as Julie and I told you six months ago... To expect the second half of the year to be a real shifting of the market, it's happening now. Um, I'd say on at least half of the private one-on-one coaching calls I've done so far this week, everyone's telling me that their market's changing, the inventory's increasing, uh, that you know price changes are going to all be on the horizon. All that stuff that we have been preparing you guys for over the last six or seven months is happening pretty much to the month, if not to the week, that we told you it would happen. It's all very predictable because it's just basically like a pendulum swinging. The pendulum swung too far in favor of the sellers, and now it's starting to swing back the other way. And where will it end? It'll end up where we should have been in all along a normal market, where there is a consistent supply of homes for sale being you know, gobbled up by a consistent number of buyers. And we'll get there. Some markets will take longer than others. 
But the bottom line here is the second half of this year, which we're officially starting next week, is going to start to feel significantly different than the first half. What does that mean to you? Where are the opportunities for you to make money? The obvious opportunity is expired listings because how many agents right now are taking listings or say took listings 90, 120 days ago overpriced and don't have the skills to get the price reduced or don't have the belief that the prices need to be reduced and as a result of that, the listings will continue to be overpriced. The listings will expire. And that means in, say, 60 to 90 days, if not in, maybe into November or December, there will be a huge increase, comparatively so, in expired listings in your marketplace. And if you have never hunted expired listings before, let me tell you, expired listings are fantastic. Why? Because you know the seller has to sell. You know that they tried to sell. You know that they're willing to pay a commission. Expired listings are some of the best listing leads that you could ever get. They're almost, you know, expired listings are free. They're in your MLS. Or you can use one of our, um, the companies that we suggest you use to go after the, you know, get the leads already sent to you every day so you don't have to actually go through the MLS. You don't have to look for the phone number. These companies do all the research for you. So bottom line is we are in a shifting market. Bottom line is that means that financing is going to be harder to get because contracts are going to be coming in at prices that won't be able to be supported by appraisals. Bottom line, be ahead of the curve, guys. Make money because you know where the market's going, not where it is. If you focus on where it is, you're going to miss really honestly what probably will be the best opportunity to make money this year as it shifts back towards buyers. In some markets, it'll feel like that big time. In other markets, it'll only feel slightly more like that. Know your own market. Go to the MLS. Study your own statistics. Get ready for the expired palooza that will be happening second half of this year. So today's topic is how to compete with and obliterate, I'm adding to the name, the commission-cutting flat fee brokers. So we're going to be talking about that when we come back from this very quick commercial break. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you're asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where do they learn what they know? And more importantly, how do they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best, not someone who is simply assigned to you or, even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. 
This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we are back. So the topic of today's radio show is competing against commission-cutting flat fee brokers. So, Julie, when I say that, when I read the title of today's radio show, where does your mind go? Well, as an agent, my mind would go to, oh, gosh, I have to deal with that. I hope I don't have to compete with one of those people. As a coach, I go to, well, better to figure out how to deal with it than to live in fear of it. And you have several options and different ways you can deal with it. So, you know, put aside the initial reaction. You know, we teach in the mindset stuff. You can't control your first reaction, but you can control everything that happens after that, which in this case means learn to deal with it and know what your options are. So when you're dealing with one of these sellers that are considering a discounter, you've got to treat each one of these sellers differently. And you cannot, as Julie just said, allow your mindset to go overly negative. It could be that the reason that they're considering one of these companies is just because they haven't listed or, I'm sorry, it's because they haven't met you yet. In other words, they don't realize that there are other alternatives. They don't realize the benefits of listing with you. And frankly, maybe you don't know how to explain to them the benefits of listing with a full-service company like many of you are versus a discounter. So we're going to talk about that point by point. Number one, whenever you're dealing with any seller that's going after you for your commission, you know, you guys run into those guys. That's normal. And if you use our pre-listing pack, existing Harris Real Estate University coaching students, when you're using our pre-listing pack, very rarely will the commission mm-hmm. come into play because of the flexible fee commission thing. And we're going to talk about right. that a little today. That's just a side note. So, But as a rule, when you're trying to help the under, uh, work with a seller that is trying to go after your commission, you can never really rationally explain to a seller why your commission is what your commission is. And that's the reason that traditionally agents have been taught to say, no, any other questions? Well, guess what? That means that, no, you won't be getting the listing because that is not overcoming the objection. That's you just kind of being a jerk. So that's the reason that doesn't work. The way it does work is you need to redirect the seller away from focusing on your commission to what matters most to them, the amount of money they're making from the closing. So let's say it's something like this. Mr. Seller, I appreciate the fact that you want me to reduce my commission by, say, a point or whatever it is. I appreciate that. And you know what? I understand where you're coming from. I mean, in this marketplace, in this economy, it's important you watch every dollar. But with that said, Mr. Seller, what matters most, the amount of money I make or the amount of money you make from the size of the check that I hand you at closing? In other words, Mr. Seller, when I hand you the check, the proceeds at closing, and the amount of money meets or exceeds your expectations, does it really matter how much my commission was? Does it really matter what I charged you, whether it be a point or whether it be a you know a thousand points? Of course it doesn't matter. What matters is what you make, not what I make, correct? Okay. Now in most cases, 
that in itself will lead to the second point that I wrote down. And the second, Julie, make sure, well, you know what, guys, I'm, before I get to my second point, I'm going to throw this in there. Sometimes, even at that point, you're still going to have people, sellers, that are really, really focused in on you cutting your commission. And let's just be honest, sometimes it's a cultural thing. A lot of folks that have come here from different parts of the world, it's literally part of their DNA to negotiate. And no matter what, they're going to want to negotiate. And if you want to take the listing, they're going to have to feel like they got you to negotiate. Just accept it. They want it. something. Get, they want something. Get over it. So don't give them a percent. Give them a dollar amount. So only realtors think in terms of percents. You guys, we think of you know six, seven, three percent, whatever it is. Normal people think in terms of dollar amounts. So before you say I'll reduce my commission by a percent, instead give them a dollar amount. I'll tell you what, Mr. Seller. Obviously, depending on the price range, you guys can do whatever you want to with this. But I'll reduce my commission by five hundred dollars, or a thousand dollars, or you're you know. showing that you're willing to help them out. Nine times right. out of ten, that's all they want is you to give something. And I got to jump in here not, also, Tim. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Jules. Well, I I have to point out because I I hear this early on in coaching relationships until we have a chance to cure it. But I also hear other agents talking about agents who do this. These people that are like, I don't cut my commission under any circumstances for any reason. I just won't do it. Okay. And they end up losing the listing entirely due to their lack of flexibility. What has that agent just done? They have actually given away their entire commission as a result of digging their heels in and not handling it in a professional manner, recognizing that somebody is asking you that. Some of them actually, honest to God, need the money. The ones that are really on the edge might be about to be a short sale if you price it right. You know, have a little heart and be willing to give something. And Tim, to your point, recognize that many times that doesn't mean a big chunk of money from you. It just means a willingness to show a little bit of flexibility. You know what? At the end of the day, guys, some money is better than no money. Yeah. No? All right. So moving on. So let's say, okay, you've got them to wrap their minds around focusing on the amount of money they're going to make from the sale. You know, okay, they're buying off on that. Now you have to prove to them that you are not only going to net them more money than they'd be able to get uh, saying uh, listing with a discounter or whatnot, but you're going to have to completely prove that you are who they want to list with, and you have to show them why specifically. So the next point I wrote down was list to sell price ratio. So what is the list to sell price ratio, Julie? It is the difference between your list price and what it ultimately sells for. So to keep the math easy, if you're listed at 100000 and it sells at 98000 you have a 98% list to sell price ratio. If it sells okay. for 91000 it's a 91%. So you're in your pre-listing pack and in your listing presentation, you need to have a page on your, pre- on your list to sell price ratio. Your list to price ratio uh, should look at least 2 or 3% better than the list to sell price ratio in the MLS. Now, how can you do that? Let's say, for example, the MLS's list to sell price ratio is what it was in Columbus when Julie and I sold real estate, 96.4%. Okay, so if your list, if the market's list to sell price ratio is 96.4%, and it's pretty consistent in our in that market we sold real estate in, I'm sure it's changed because we haven't sold real estate there for over a decade, but at the time it was very consistent, month in, month out, right around 96.4%. So our list to sell price ratio was like 99.7% or 99.4%. 
Now, it changes every month. We may have had one that sold for over asking, one that sold for less than asking. So on the page that you're presenting to the seller where you're showing them the list to sell price ratio, you can actually take a slice. So let's say you had a closing that we had one closing, it happened last week, and it sold for full asking price. Use that in your analysis comparing the list to sell price ratio. So in you know June of 2014, my list to sell price ratio was you know 99.8%. In that same month, the MLS's uh, the average agent according to the MLS's list to sell price ratio was whatever it was. You know 94%. Guys, get the idea. You want to basically pick your best statistic and compare it to the average. And guess what? You want to definitely disclose that. I'm not telling you to make up your numbers or lie, but you, if you do take a slice that makes you look good, there's nothing wrong with that. That's called normal. You are in a business sales business. You know, Just at least disclose that you're not using your historic list of sub-price ratio. You're using a specific day and time in history to represent that you can indeed deliver better than the average. Next point I wrote down. Now, I'm going to wait, kind of connect all the dots for you guys in a second about how you're going to use these for competing against commission cutters and flat fees. So pay attention. Don't start you know, wandering. Next point I wrote down, days on the market. That's very simple. Jules, explain that one. Well, so days on the market is exactly what it sounds like. It is your average days on the market versus your bigger marketplace. So if the market in general has an average days on the market of 180, but your personal average is only 60, you're showing that you sell homes on average two months faster than average. Why are we going through the list to sell price ratio in the days on the market? Because you have to provide value to substantiate your commission. Part of the reason that sellers ask you to reduce your commission is because it's the only way they know to even the playing field. They don't know what questions they should be asking you. In their mind, we all look the same until you prove your value especially to the point where they don't even bother to ask because they're seeing what a huge difference listing with you is going to make. Gosh, you know, they'd almost be willing to pay you an extra point given what your presentation looks like. And Julie's foreshadowing where we're going to, uh, with this and how you can basically use this when competing against the commission cutters and the flat fee brokers. So the, last, the next point I wrote down, so you understand, guys, you're going to be showing your average days in the market versus the, the general, you know, market days on the market according to the MLS. And the last point I wrote down, and I'm going to give you guys some extra information here, is do use a flexible fee. If you're in one of our coaching students, um, level four, if you're in real estate coaching essentials or if you're in advanced or breakthrough, use the flexible fee. It's all there. The flexible fee basically is designed to make it so that you'll never lose a listing over commission. Um, and I don't want to get into explaining the flexible fee on today's call, on today's radio show. We've done that before. Now, so here's the bottom line. When you are comparing yourself to an individual agent, if you know you're competing against one specific person, or if you're comparing yourself against a, bro a broker, or I'm a discount broker or a flat fee broker, do use those statistics. Do show the sellers the facts about what is actually happening with these flat fee discount brokers. And here's another little twist on it. Why, where is the incentive, Mr. Seller, for that flat fee broker who's just listed your house for 300 bucks? Where's the incentive for them to sell the house? Where do those guys make their money? Just ask them that question. So where do they make their money? You know, let me just reposition that for you, Mr. Seller. So they sell your house, they make $300. Or if they keep your house for sale, they can uh, attract buyers who then those buyers will purchase things. And then in our marketplace, they might make an average of fifteen dollars or $20,000 a sale. 
You see, Mr. Seller, these flat fee brokers, when you look at their statistics, when you look at their average days in the market, when you look at their expired rate, which is another thing I didn't write down. You guys might want to compare your expired rate to um, your competitor's expired rate or the expired rate in the overall MLS. If you haven't had enough, if you've only had two houses and they both sold, you have a hundred percent sales rate. Congratulations, <laughs> brag about right. it, right? You, you know, so that's another thing. These discounters, these flat fee brokers, traditionally, guys, the fact is, is that they have a longer days in the market. They have a higher, uh, I'm sorry, a lower list to sell price ratio, usually some of the worst in the marketplace, and they have the highest expired rate because these flat fee brokers don't make any real money from the actual selling of the listings. They make their money from where, that's right, buyer-side transactions. So when you look at these flat fee brokers and you get into the MLS and you look at their statistics, unless there's somebody running a you know, flat fee brokerage sweatshop out of their basement, you're going to see almost always their greatest transactional volume, if they have any at all. Most of them don't, as you guys know. But if they do, it's almost always coming from the buyer side of the transaction, not the listing side. Really what this all comes down to is confidence. It comes from confidence from being prepared. It comes from confidence from having an organized listing presentation, confidence from having an organized pre-listing pack, confidence from knowing how to present your USPs, right, unique selling propositions, to these sellers, and confidence in knowing that no matter what comes up during these listing presentations, you know, before, during, or after this meeting with your sellers, that you are the best guy or gal for the job. Where does that come from? Where does that confidence come from? Your preparedness, obviously. Um, you know, but mostly it comes from the education and your willingness to apply what you learn. Coaching students, I'm stunned and amazed how many of you still are struggling to get your pre-listing packs done. It is critical that you get that done because uh, our pre-listing pack, when used correctly, and we just put up new, uh, we're putting up new samples of completed pre-listing packs on the website right now, when used correctly – is the listing presentation, is the listing process. Going to the seller's house uh, after they've seen the pre-listing pack, semantics. It's a social call. There's really not a lot of selling that's necessary if you sent the pre-listing pack, if you basically you know, followed the process leading up to it where you're you know, relatively assured that they've looked at it. Follow our process. It works in every price range, in every market. I've got coaching clients, Jules, that are listing five, six, ten million dollar properties that are loving the pre-listing pack and our, list, our, our unique listing process. And of course, we have people that are clear on the other end of the spectrum too. This works in every market, in every price range. We do want you to take the pre-listing pack. We do want you to personalize it for your marketplace. Obviously, use your own information, your own statistics. But what matters most is if you're competing against a commission cutter and a flat fee broker, it doesn't really matter because they don't have their – when the, the facts come out, Mr. Seller, okay, when the facts come out, Mr. Seller, and you look at the actual numbers, these commission cutters, these flat fee brokers, if they sell your house at all, will net you less than when you have it listed with me. So sure, on paper, they might be listing the house for 2 or 3%, maybe if they're listing it for a low flat fee, less than what a normal full-service retail broker would charge. But they're getting you 4 or 5% less in your pocket if they sell the house at all. So, Mr. Seller, does it really make sense? What are you actually saving by listing with someone that's going to net you less if they're able to sell the house at all? You're not saving a dime. Julie, does that make sense? Absolutely, it makes sense. You know, the, we're really pounding you guys on this pre-listing packet because it, it is an objection remover. It's an objection handler 
<laughs> to beat all, right? I mean, if you want to stop even discussing commission, get your pre-listing package done. If you want to stop discussing why would they list with you versus someone else, get your pre-listing package done. That way when you show up, they already have the answers to all of your questions. Could we make it, it any easier line. for you, really? Do we have to beg so no, you to get it done? <laughs> well, you know what I've done, Julie, of all my personal clients, is July mm -hmm. is the month of pre-listing pack mastery. So Good. every single like one it. of them will have it done. They are going to basically have to send me a copy of their completed pre-listing pack in yep. the mail by the end of the month, and whoever doesn't have it done is going to get fined oh, $300. Wait a minute. You, I like that. You said in the mail. You mean I can't just get away with emailing it to everyone? No, it has to be in copy? the mail because we're going to check the formatting. We're going to check the spelling. We're going to check that you did everything correctly. And if you don't have it done by the end of July, this is called coaching and accountability, guys that you're going to be charged 300 bucks as a penalty for not getting it done. Yeah, it's pretty it's hardcore, isn't love, it? guys. That's right, because it's that important that you get this done. No matter where you are in the year, you might be behind your goals, you might be on track for your goals, you might be ahead of your goals. The second half of the year, guys, is like a completely new year. The market conditions will be different. The interest rates will be different. Your buyers and sellers' concerns and objections, though mostly the same, they'll be different depending on your marketplace. The reality of it is it's essentially like it's January 1st again. You have the opportunity still to make this your best year ever, but you've got to get into action. Massive action, you've got to do it fast. So uh, tomorrow, Julie, uh, is Tech Friday, so we don't do the radio show then. Right. Um, Tim Ventura does the radio show mm -hmm. on Friday. I believe he's got an interview tomorrow. I'd have to check. So everyone listening tomorrow, I know a lot of you guys love Tim's radio shows because he's giving you a lot of new information that Julie and I don't normally talk about, technology, SEO, online lead generation, things of that nature. So tune in tomorrow. In the meantime, stay frosty and have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.